0: Thank you for a new year, for new beginnings. And, um, Lord, that this year would honor and glorify you. Lord, that we would lead lives um, that honor and glorify you. And this morning, as we continue to, to look at Scripture and talk about the future, Lord, that it be your Holy Spirit leading and guiding in all this. We love you, Jesus. Amen. So back in, I don't know if it was like maybe October, November, um, I started to getting ads on my social media. Um, St. Jude's uh, Children's Hospital was doing a fundraiser. And it was a challenge, it was a physical, it was like an exercise challenge, and you were supposed to do 100 push-ups a day for, you know, for the month of December, and then, you know, and you send in whatever that you registered, and your money, and then you get a t-shirt, and then you tell your friends about it, and then maybe they donate some money to it as well, too, and I thought, oh, that's, like, I got excited about that, I was like, that that could be really cool and i looked into it and and went on their website and they do this kind of every couple months and it's it's a brilliant idea i mean i've i've seen it in the past with um with runs right like a 5k run or a 10k run or you know run for water run against hunger that kind of thing and it's and it it's kind of amazing that it works but people pay money to do a grueling physical activity and then the money goes to a charity and Whatever it works and it's neat and some of us just get sucked into that kind of stuff, and um, so I got really excited about it. I thought, hey, that would be that would be pretty neat. That could work. But then I started thinking about it, and I was like, if that if that works, and if I'm excited about this, could that ever work for like a spiritual challenge? Right. So we have a physical challenge, but could that ever work for a, a spiritual challenge? And it just like, that would work with my personality and, and kind of resonated with me. And then, really kind of over the next month, I would describe it as just things just kind of started to converge, is just kind of the, the, the best way I would describe it. Um, so So there was that. Uh, and then Joe listened to a podcast and said, hey, this is a great podcast. And I listened to the podcast. I was like, that is a great podcast. And then I ordered the book. And it was it's a book. They did a bunch of research on spiritually vibrant homes. And they identified three main things that, that they found in spiritually vibrant homes. And I was like, oh, I should talk about that. And then for a leadership team, there's another book where we're looking at. And they surveyed all these thousands of churches. And they said, here are like the markers for either personal beliefs or church practices or personal practices that we found in regards to personal spiritual growth. And I was like, oh, like we should talk about some of that. And I was, and I was wondering, like, could we take some of the ideas and, and do like a monthly challenge with some of these ideas. And then, just one day in there, I don't remember which day, but at one point in there, then Carla comes into my office and she's like, hey, I got this idea. I've been thinking about for a while. What if we did monthly challenges for the church? So, Here's the plan. <laughs> we're going to do some monthly challenges. Um, we're starting a new sermon series. We're going to run it for the first half of the year. Um, n- maybe longer, but right now the plan is first half of the year. We're going to call it Challenge Accepted. And right now we have seven challenges over seven months. And so each month we'll have a theme or an idea um, that, that we're going to build on. So January we have fasting. We're going to talk about that here in a little bit. Um, next month want to do prayer but but most notably prayers in the home how you pray as a family and and what that looks like spiritual conversations will be another one hospitality um, is on the list Bible reading small groups uh, and Bible memorization and so those are some of the themes that we've identified so far very practical very hands-on but also rooted in scripture looking at scripture what scripture have to say about it ideas in that and so then at the beginning of each month, we'll, we'll, kick, we'll kick off, you know, with, with this new challenge. There will be in-between weeks, you know, where, you know, because I don't know that we'll be able to talk about that one challenge for all, say, four or five weeks. But um, those in-between weeks, we'll, we'll do topical sermons based on, like, core beliefs, confession of faith, um, that kind of thing. And, and so get that all charted out. So I think this is going to be a lot of fun. I've never done this before. I've never seen this done before. Um, but I'm very excited about it. And I think this will be a a great way to, to kick off the year. I love Ephesians four. And one of the reasons I love Ephesians four is because it gives clarity into my job and what exactly this looks like. And Ephesians four says this, And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, sometimes translated pastors, and the teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. So the saints, that's you, right? A saint is any believer, anyone who has accepted Christ as personal Lord and Savior, has the Holy Spirit living within them, that's a saint, for the work of the ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ. And then there's a whole paragraph on, but until we all attain unity and the faith and the knowledge of the son of god to mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of christ so one of my primary roles is to equip you for the work of the ministry but a key question then is how do we equip you for the work of the ministry in these challenges that i've just listed some of you heard that list, and, you pr- and some of you may have thought, oh, those are different um, spiritual disciplines. Perhaps that's a phrase you've heard before, spiritual disciplines. And the topic of spiritual disciplines is as, I don't know, that may be as old as, I, that may go back to Jesus. Like I'm not, the, or the idea of doing those things. I don't know who first coined the phrase spiritual disciplines, but that one's been around for a long time as, as well too. I mean, that's very classic terminology for, for what we're doing. Um, and different people have written books, like here's, oh, you know, different books on spiritual disciplines or the spirit of the disciplines and all these other great books, right? But the the ones that I've chosen thus far, it's not because someone wrote a book and said, hey, you should do these. It's because someone did a whole lot of research and said, we found that these are very significant and that these result in change. And so that's why why, why we're going after these. I would say, though, that... So, and in, in, in the Christian faith, we have a number of these spiritual disciplines. But to be honest, over the years, the more the more I do life, the more I think that actually the the title or the phrase "spiritual disciplines" for those phrases, I actually think it's a really bad title because it misleads us on what is success. Um, I don't. I no longer like the title, spiritual discipline." Like, I love what we're talking about, but to label them spiritual disciplines, I don't like that because I I think it it misleads us on, on success. My frustration with calling them spiritual disciplines is that we think success is being disciplined, and it's not. Success is change. If there's no change, then we've not been successful. Do I read my Bible and pray because I want to be a disciplined person? Do I, do I go to church or sing worship songs because I want to be a spiritually disciplined person? I just want to be able to check off the list. I was disciplined today. No. I do those things because I want to experience change. I want to become more like Christ. We are not, metaphorically, Doing these for the sake of routine, we're doing them so that we change and we become more like Jesus and we grow in the fruit of the Spirit. If the people around you don't see an increase in love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, right? Fruit of the Spirit, that kind of thing. If people around you don't see an increase in those things, it didn't work. Okay? Okay. It was not successful. There was one gal in Trek. I remember she set the goal of reading through her Bible in a year, and afterwards she was like, that was actually miserable, and I didn't get anything out of it. Because the goal was just to read through it, and she spent no time in letting it change her. Like, the goal was, I'm going to accomplish the task of reading a book. And she got nothing out of it. And probably more prevalent than than we're willing to admit. Some of you struggle with routine, consistent disciplines, like me, That that's one of my things. Your danger is that you don't do this stuff enough, and, and then you never change. Some of you thrive on routine, you love the consistency, and part of me is very jealous of that, But your, but your danger is actually that you take pride in the routine, and you don't let the Holy Spirit change you and so then you're in danger of that, so on both sides of the coin, there's a danger for us doing this wrong, right? I now actually think that phrases like "exercise or training" are actually better descriptors of these practices and what it is that we hope to get out of it, and how we how we define success um, I, I think those are it for, for our vernacular and, and our culture and just our terminology these days, I think those are more helpful terms for us. Spiritual transformation is not a matter of training, of trying harder, but it's a matter of training wisely. We're not just going to try harder. We want to train wisely. Um, in terms like exercise and training, right? Like that communicates that I want to get better. I want to get stronger. I, I want to be different, that kind of thing. I go to the gym four times a week. Um, It's a 6 a.m. class. I have to wake up at 5 a.m. to be there on time. I am not a morning person. I have never been a morning person, and I have just accepted the fact that I will never be the morning person. Um, Waking up early to just mm, start off my day, nope, that's just not in my DNA, Um, but I can night owl with the best of them, okay? Um, Also, as I said, I'm not a routine... routine over long periods of time bore me. I actually thrive in a little bit of chaos. Like, that's some adrenaline in my life, which may be why I enjoy the fire department. Like, that's, that's a rush for me, and maybe a weird, twisted way. But, um, so, I go to a gym that has a class format where some instructor just tells me what to do, and I do it, and here's the big thing, I carpool. Someone is waiting in my driveway every morning, and so I get out of bed. Or I have to be in some way in this driveway every morning. And so that gets me out of bed, right? But here's the thing: if I went to the gym four days a week, and the people in my life said, We see no difference in you whatsoever, they would then demand that I go to a doctor and I get checked out. They would say, You like you need to see a specialist, they need to run some tests, you've been doing this for a long time. There's no change in your life so something is very seriously wrong with you medically and you need to get checked out. And so the goal is not the routine of it. The goal is the change and the transformation. Fasting, prayer, home life prayer, spiritual conversations, hospitality, Bible reading, small groups, Bible memorization. There are others. We're just starting on those. But we believe that training in those helps equip the saints, you, for the work of the ministry, for the building up of the the body of Christ, as Ephesians 4.11. Now, let me go one step deeper with you on this, because because this this kind of change is, is really profound. When you really kind of get into the details, whatever you want to call these, spiritual disciplines, training, exercises, whatever you want to call them, they don't change you, But they put you in a place where the Holy Spirit can change you. And even, I mean, like, even with the physical exercise, right? Like, you get into a, like, you know, I do a back squat or a bench press or something like that. The weight and the bar don't change me. What happens is that they strain the muscles and the bones and the tendons, and there's a bit of a breakdown, and then presumably I eat healthy, and then there's nutrients, right, for the body to build and repair itself. So if you want to get into the nitty and the gritty of it, the bars and the weights don't change me. It's the body being repaired afterwards that changes me, okay? So, spiritual disciplines don't necessarily change you, but they put you in a place where the Holy Spirit can change you. Tithing, spiritual discipline. And yet Jesus scolded the Pharisees because they did it wrong. Woe to you, Pharisees, for you tithe... Mint and ruin every herb, and neglect the justice and love of God. James has a fascinating comment that's very easy to miss. But you, once you understand the culture and what was going on, then, then it makes a lot more sense. Um, James says this He says, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, do what it says. I missed that for a long time. Here's the thing no one had a Bible. Printing press hadn't been developed yet. If you wanted to encounter Scripture, maybe you had a scroll at home. That was pretty unlikely, but normally what you did is you went to the synagogue where they read the Scripture to you because any copy of Scripture had to be done by hand, and so it was very rare, and so it was very expensive. So they didn't read the Bible. They listened to the Bible. So if I were to do a contemporary version of that verse, it would read like this. Do not merely read your Bibles and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who reads the Bible but does not do what it says is like a man who looks into his face in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. Spiritual disciplines, exercises, whatever you want to call them, they don't change you, but they put you in a position where the Holy Spirit can change you. So this month, the challenge is fasting. Um, two years ago, we, we kicked off the year with, with 10 days of prayer and fasting, uh, and I, I think this actually would just be a great way to kick off every year, uh, regardless of theme, to, to kick off the new year with, um, with some time of prayer and fasting. Um, he, you know, I, I used to work with missions, but, but through that I, I got, you know, to work with, you know, some, some Christians kind of in, in the international context. And speaking for myself here as well, but I think if we were, were really honest, like, like when it comes to an honest, true food fast, like North Americans on a food, like, Folks, like, we've really become, like, pretty wimpy around the whole thing, to be honest, right? Like, I, somehow in this area, we've just kind of become a bunch of pansies. Like, there are parts where the North American church is very, very strong. There are parts where the North American church is not so strong. And this would probably be one of them. Um, I mean, I have, yeah. So, not our, not our, our point of, of strength on this. Um, I mean, can you, I, I just imagine a conversation between two Christians, whether they're from different places or different cultures or, or different eras, you know, and one of them's like, I did a 40 day fast or I did multiple 40 day fast because that's what Jesus did. And then, you know, this person over here is like, yeah, I cut out Facebook for three days. It was really hard. Like, I just walk away from the conversation, honestly, at that point. Like, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even bother. There are a couple different kinds of fasts um, when it comes to food fast. Um, so there is uh, there's a kind of fast where you cut out all food and drink for a set period of time. Um, Esther, Saul, they all did a, a full three-day fast, no food nor water. Um, Daniel did a partial fast. If you go back and look at that story, he ate some foods, but he cut out other foods. Um, and then um, some people do a, um, I don't know, like a normal, f- f- normal is not the, r- the right word for it. But then the other kind of fast would be where you cut out foods, but you still keep um, liquids and for a certain amount of time. You can pick kind of wh- whichever one that, that you want to do. Uh, my plan is to cut out foods for a certain period of time. And, and I'll get into the, the nitty-gritty on this one. A few recommendations on undoing a fast. One is just, you know, to start off, identify a routine food experience. Breakfast, lunch, afternoon snack, supper, whatever it is. Identify your routine food experiences, and then that's the thing that you're going to replace with Bible reading and prayer. All right? So it's not a denial. It's a replacement. So that's the first thing. Second thing, I have found that it helps me if I have a specific activity or location during, during that time. If I just say, well, I'm just going to stay in my office, and, like, that doesn't work. It, it's too distracted. So I either need to go for a walk or I need to have a, a designated place where I'm going to go to for that, that Bible reading prayer. Third, I would say honor medical limitations, right? Some of you legitimately will not be able to do a food fast because, I don't diabetic or meds need to be taken with food or that kind of thing. Whatever those medical limitations are, that's okay. Honor that. Respect that. But Let me also say this. I get grumpy is not a medical condition, okay? Like, it might be true, but that's not actually a medical condition. So, unless you have, like, a doctor's note, it doesn't count. Be specific on time frame. Um, The suggestion, and I mean, modify this for yourselves, the suggestion is Monday to Friday this week, Monday to Friday next week for a set amount of time. My goal is 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Because um, I need a very distinct finish line where <laughs> I can then eat. Um, if you miss a day, that's okay. Keep going. Um, maybe you, maybe work requires that, that you, you need to do a business lunch because you're meeting with someone. Whatever. It's fine. You miss a day. Get over it. Start again tomorrow and keep going. Okay? Okay. Um, the idea that it's a replacement, not a denial, I know is helpful for some people to, to, for this. The, the thing that has been the most helpful to me, and, and I think is, is the most helpful piece of advice in all of this, is to simply identify something that you want more than food. Right? Like you find that hunger that is deeper than the food hunger. Uh, you replace the food hunger with, with a spiritual hunger. Like, what is the thing that burns within you? Maybe it's something you love. Maybe it's, it's, it's a passion you have and you, you really want to see this happen. Maybe it's a holy discontentment. Maybe it's an injustice. There's like a, really almost like a holy hatred around it. And so you're trying to, to wage war against it. Maybe that's the thing that that you go after, that holy discontent. Whatever it is, find something that's close to your heart, and then and then go after that. Something where, if God were to answer that prayer, you would say that was absolutely worth it, absolutely worth it. So find the thing that you that is more important to you than than food, um, and also I think it's helpful to limit. Like the things that you're praying into. Um, for me, I've identified one thing from family, one thing from church, and then one thing from the national conference because I, I sit on that board. All of them are very important to me, so I'm just going to go after like those three things. Maybe you just have a family issue that that's deep enough that that will take up all ten days. That's fine. Go after that one family issue. Maybe there is. Something um, in our community or in government or politics or whatever else that's important to you And you have two or three then then go for that, but it's okay to identify just a couple of things Last thing I think that is helpful is to share it with someone Share it in your small group share it within your family um, You know, but share it with someone. I, I think that's very helpful Fasting won't change you, but it puts you in a position where the Holy Spirit can change you. How fasting works, why fasting works, I don't know. I've never seen anything in Scripture that gives us the background mechanics on why this is impactful. Hopefully in heaven we'll get some kind of explanation. So if you were to ask me why does it work, I would say I don't know and I've never found anything in Scripture that tells me why. Other than the scriptures talks about, like, you should fast, and this is a common thing, and when you fast, do this and that, and, and that kind of thing. So it's, it's a part of it, but behind the scenes, we'll, we'll have to ask God later on on that one. But we are to fast. So find that one thing, two thing, or three things that are more important to you than food. Find that hunger um, that is deeper than your food hunger. And... We'll see what God does in our midst. I'm going to pray, and then you're dismissed after that. No final worship song. Maybe we'll have some worship music in the background, but after prayer, you guys are dismissed. So join me in, please join me in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we have a couple desires in all of this. First is that you would be glorified, that you would be honored. Lord, also that your kingdom would expand, thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And thirdly, Lord, that that things would change, and maybe it's a change that happens in our own heart, maybe it's a a change that, that happens around us, but Lord, our desire is for change. Lord, for each person here, I pray that you would help them identify that thing that burns within them That they want more than food, that Holy Spirit-inspired love, that Holy Spirit-inspired discontent, where that hunger is deeper than food. And for each person here, that you would lead them in, in how to customize this week and what that looks like. And Father, I pray for really great stories. Lord, as we continue to talk and share and reflect on this in the weeks and months to come, amazing stories of you working and moving. We love you, Jesus, in your name. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to this week's sermon. We hope you were enriched and encouraged. If you have any questions about Christ or church or would like more information, visit our website at livinghopehenderson.com or email me directly at luke at livinghopehenderson.com. We hope you have a fantastic week. Take care, and God bless.